Awesome to see you today and good to be in God's house as we uh, do get ready to launch a new series. Let me just say real quickly, the last series was so well received. If you happen to not be able, shame on you, uh, if you were not able to be here every Sunday last month, but I know stuff happens and you just can't avoid it, and so maybe you had to work a weekend or whatever happened to you. Uh, those always are available by podcast, and you can access it even from our website and listen up on whatever message or re-listen, uh, as some people do, to the messages. If something really spoke to your heart, uh, it's always good to even hear it again. And so uh, we're glad that that's available, and so we're glad for all those who listen in week to week, and some that are even far away from here. Uh, it's a great ministry outreach uh, that we have. Uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to launch into this new series, which I believe could be one of the most powerful uh, we've ever done. It could even be life-changing for our church if we would activate it in our lives. And so today, uh, I'm just going to kind of set the stage, and we're going to take a broad stroke at this thought of neighbor. And what that involves, because Jesus talked a lot about our neighbor, okay? So we should, how many think if Jesus talked about it, we might ought to talk about it, right? That just kind of makes sense uh, to me. And so we're going to talk about it for the next few weeks. And again, today, I'm just, if you'll allow me to, I'm just going to do kind of a teaching today about what neighbor means as far as the scripture goes and kind of share with you this principle or this thought which maybe you've never really uh, looked at before. And uh, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of roll this out and teach it and we're going to look at several different scriptures, especially from the book of Matthew. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. But uh, let me just say that next week, as far as neighbor goes... We're going to be looking at racism and uh, what uh, that involves in our culture. And uh, I believe that if there's ever been a time, it's now to talk about this topic and to look at it from a biblical perspective. And so next week, uh, we'll be looking at that, and uh, I believe it'll be a powerful day as well. Well, I, I have never stayed in one of these hotels, but I heard Horst Schulz speak at a leadership summit. And Horst, besides having an unusual name, um, I don't know anybody else named Horst, uh, but uh, Horst was the COO of the Ritz-Carlton hotel industry. And uh, he was very influential in that, and he gave a talk about the principle of serving others and how that their hotel has been uh, successful because of their service attitude. As a matter of fact, Horst said that, and I believe I have this right, that every employee of the Ritz-Carlton has been empowered to spend up to $1,000 per guest to make them feel welcome. So in other words, if a guest comes in and says, you know what, 
uh, these sheets are just not going to work for me. I, I don't know where these came from, but this is not working for me. He'd say, uh, hey, uh, he could be the bellman and say, well, you know what? I'll get you new sheets. You know, like that pillow? Oh, hey, I'll get you a new pillow. Hey, uh, you, you, you forgot uh, your coat and it's so cold outside? Hey, we'll see about getting you a coat while you're here. All kinds of things like that. So here's what happens. They say, again, I've never stayed there, but, but if you stay there, you want to come back, right? Because you are so well taken care of. And they call you by name and they just seek to, to make you feel at home and welcome there, even though to them you're really a stranger. And I thought... That's what church ought to be. That's what Jesus really wants every Christian to be. Every Christ follower should be doing that because that's really what Jesus was looking for is that our good deeds, he said on one occasion, would shine out and other people would notice. And here's the thing, just like the Ritz-Carlton, you've been empowered to touch other people. You've been empowered by God to touch those who are without God. Isn't that good? So, so you're empowered to, to be able to be his hand extended. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus, in his last words... In Matthew 28, right before he ascends into heaven, he says that I've received all authority and power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them the things that I've commanded you. Now, if you're here today and you say, well, you know, I just don't know what God wants me to do. All right, boy, I'm trying to figure out my life. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what it is that I should do next. Let me tell you, God's will for you is to go. Okay? He said, go to every person, to everyone. We are to go, go, go. That is God's command to each and every one of us. So God's will for you and for me is to go and to make disciples. Now, we would say at Crossroads to give people life and life to the full, right? That they should have fullness of life in Christ. So to start this out today, I want to give you some neighbor questions, all right? Here's some neighbor questions that uh, really, if we're going to understand this whole topic, this whole series of neighbor, uh, there's some questions that we've got to answer. The first question, if you're taking notes today, is what is a neighbor? What is a neighbor? What, what's that look like? Well, a neighbor loves and serves. A neighbor opens the door for somebody else. A neighbor really does what that hotel tries to do, and that's serve other people. It's to serve others. And here's the thing, is when people serve you, you're more receptive to them. 
Isn't that true? I guarantee you it is in your life. When somebody is nice to you, what are you likely to do? Be nice back, right? And you're likely to hear their story more. You know, oh, well, you were nice to me. Okay, I can give you two minutes, you know. And so we'll be more receptive to what they have to say. And Jesus follows along these lines and tells us to be his light in the world. Now, we do that when we serve other people. And here at Crossroads, we not only have people who serve inside the building who do that. And by the way, uh, it's not just to the people who are inside the building. When we do FPU, Financial Peace University, we have people from outside the church who come because they're just in financial trouble. And they're like, hey, if you can help me out, I don't care what kind of place it is, a church or whatever it is, I'll, I'll go. And the same thing happens with divorce care. We have divorce care, and there are people in the community who say, well, I don't know what that church believes or whatever, but hey, I'm going through a divorce, and all I know is it's hell on earth, and if somebody can give me some help here, I'll take it. And so they come. Now, later they may come to the church or whatever, but that's not even really the goal. The goal is to be a good neighbor. The goal is to help them. And so here's, here's what happened this week. We had the homeless ministry in our community, the Family Promise, named the last two days. They just sent me this email and said, we want to name the next two days uh, Crossroads Church Days uh, because of your help in helping us and supporting us and, and providing for us. And, and so some of you have served over there and others of you, many of you, have given to help us give toward that ministry. And, and so it's awesome because they said, hey, we just want to recognize the church and name this weekend Crossroads Church Weekend, you know, Crossroads Church Days. And uh, what's awesome about that is that it's you guys Serving other people, making a difference. And here's what I wish as your pastor, all right? I wish you all would get a taste of what that's like. I wish you all would get a taste of what it means to serve others because I guarantee you God made you to serve. He made you to serve. And you can't grow spiritually to your potential if you're not using your gifts that he's given to you. Now, this theme of serving, this theme of being a good neighbor to others is throughout the entire New Testament. So we can just look all over the place. Uh, you know, Galatians chapter 5 says, you know, really, it's all summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's really all summed up with that. Erwin McManus, the pastor out at Mosaic in, in California, said, uh, he said this, and I quote, you're never more like God than when you serve. You're never more like God than when you serve. Think about that. So when you serve other people, it's like you're God to them. You are God's hand extended. And it's clear in the Bible that we are to be a good neighbor. But what is that? What is it? Well, a guy came to Jesus one time. He's called a rich young ruler. And he was like, hey, I want to go to heaven. So how do I do that? 
how do I get there? And this is found in Matthew chapter 19. Go ahead and pull it up on the screen for me. And, and he says, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he asked him, he says, why ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. And this guy says, which ones? I don't want to have to do them all, you know? I mean, are they like on a curve or something, you know? Because I want to overdo this thing, you know? I don't want to get radical or whatever. So there's probably some people in here, you know, what's the minimum that I've got to do to not die and go to hell forever? You know, just, just tell me that. And I mean, this guy's just being brutally honest. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother and love your, what? Neighbor as yourself. So there he goes. He says, you know, matter of fact, uh, he's going to say in a moment, this will cover a whole lot. This will cover a whole lot. A couple chapters later, Another guy comes to Jesus because people, there, there were people, and this is terrible, but religious people were trying to trip him up, okay? They were trying to get him to make a mistake, and they'd say, see, he's not a prophet at all. He's not from God. And so they were all the time trying to, you know, trap him and whatever, and Jesus was just blowing them away. I mean, he was coming up with these answers that they were like, Okay, didn't see that coming. I don't know what we do. I guess we just walk, you know. And they just walk away. And so this was going on. And so this one guy, this one bright guy says, I'm an expert in the law. And I'll take this on. I'll trip him. And so in chapter 22, he comes to Jesus And here's what he says. He says, teacher, what is the one commandment? What's the one? You've been naming a bunch and and all, but what's the one? And here's what Jesus replied. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Now, that's not new information to them. Okay, because Jewish people, this is called part of the Shema. And in the Shema, that they would recite, they would recite this twice a day. And so every good Jewish person would say this twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. And and so that's not new information. But Jesus goes on. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally. Everybody say equally. Now, Now what's equally mean? Yeah, it's like, okay, it's not like here and here. It's like they're the same. They're of equal importance. And so Jesus says, you know, this is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 
But Jesus, I only asked you for one. You know, well, what's the deal here? And Jesus is saying, did you not listen to me? You can't have the one without the other. You can't do one and not do the other. You, they're both connected. You, you, you've got to do them both at the same time. You, you can't just love God with your mouth and then not love your neighbor. And John, who followed Jesus, he comes along later. And in 1 John, I think it's chapter 5, where he says, you know, if you say that you love God that you've never seen, right? You can't see him. And if you say you love him, but then you hate your neighbor, he says, you know what you are? You're a liar. That's what John says. He says, you're lying. Because you, you've got to do both. See, loving God and loving people is not just a good idea. It's two hinges on the same door. You know, you can't just have one hinge on this door and say, well, I love God. No, you got to love God and love people. And it swings the door open into heaven. And so you've got to have both involved in your life. And Jesus and John later speaks for Jesus and says, it's the proof that you're a follower. It really is the proof that you're a follower. Now, someone who later talked about this as well is Paul the Apostle, who actually hated church. He hated church, and he hated Christians. So if you're here today and somebody made you come, and you, you kind of hate church or whatever, then you would love the Apostle Paul, okay? You would love him. You, you get along well with him, except for the fact that he got changed. He used to hate Christians, he, and then he became one. And then he wrote over half the Bible, over half the New Testament, which is crazy, and one of his writings in the book of Romans, just pull this up real quick, let me read this. He says, owe nothing to anyone. Well, there's a good life system, isn't it? Don't get in debt. Some of you wish you'd have read that a long time ago, right? Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not, murder, must not commit adultery, must not murder, must not steal, must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there it is. He says it really comes down to this. You got to love your neighbor as yourself. Frederick Collins wrote this. He says there are two kinds of people in the world. One walks into the room and says, here I am. The other one walks into the room and says, there you are. Which one are you? Mm. It's quiet now, isn't it? <laughs> I'll set you back, you know. I mean, which one? One person, it's all about them. You know, it's like here they are and here's the world, right? 
All about me. And you know, there are other people that when they walk in the room, they make you feel special. They make you feel like, oh, it's so good to see you. And which one of those two people do you like to be around? Right? I mean, which one are you ready to listen more to? It's that selfless service that opens our hearts to the message. Now, who are we talking about here? You know, we know what, okay? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love our neighbor. We're supposed to love. But who is my neighbor, right? Is it my real neighbor, that guy next door, you know, the one I wish a homeowner's association would get after because they just leave their bike out all winter, you know, is that, is that, that my neighbor? Is that who it's talking about? Yes, but it's also talking about your coworker, your fellow student, your server at the restaurant, the employees where you work, your employer. You know, do you even notice your neighbor? Do you even notice your coworkers? How many times do you just pass by them and don't really even acknowledge them? That happens. And Jesus had somebody come to him and said, Hey, who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, okay, let me tell you a story. There was a priest who was walking down the street one day. And this isn't a priest and whatever goes to a bar. Uh, This is, Jesus says, you know, this priest is walking down the road. And some man had been, you know, robbed, beaten, and thrown in the ditch, left for dead. And the priest came by. And said, whoop, don't have time for that today. And went on his way. And then he says, then there was another religious person, very religious person, who was coming down the road. He saw the guy. He got over on the other side of the road and went on his way. And then, notice this, pull that scripture up for me. Here's what Jesus says next. But... A Samaritan, oh boy, here we go. Gonna make this dude the hero, seriously? We'll talk more about this next week, all right? Because this is where it got to prejudice. This is where it got to racial stuff. And and so the guy is like, really, seriously, you're gonna go there? But a Samaritan... As he traveled, he came to where the man was. And when he saw him, okay, here's the first thing you've got to do if you're going to get this message today. You've got to see them. You've got to see them first. And so he saw him, and he took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in the oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And then he goes the extra mile. The next day, he took out two denarii, or or two big pieces of money, and gave them to the innkeeper. You know, it's it's like you maybe giving your Visa gift card or something to the inn. 
and say, just go ahead, start with this, and look after him, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Notice this. Which, he poses the question, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Well, the expert in the law won't even say the name. See, he's so prejudiced against this group of people who are different than him, he won't even speak their name. But he says, well, I guess the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him what? Go! (laughs) Jesus is always saying, go, friend. He's always saying, go. Go and do likewise. As a matter of fact, if you have a Nike shirt that says just do it on it, you are preaching Jesus' message every time you look in the mirror. That's like Jesus telling you, just go do it. Just do it. Will you just do it? Will you just love your neighbor? You know, just go out there and do it. But too many of us, friends... Too many of us have so many excuses and so many reasons why we can't get involved, why we can't be the one to reach out, why that's somebody else's job. Someone else can do that. And there are opportunities that are right before us, and I think we ask the question, what might it cost? You know, I wonder how much that's going to cost. Time, money. If I get involved. Or, you know, I I don't know that I should be the one to do it because I am so busy, you know. I don't even have time for myself, you know. So how am I going to have time to help this guy out? The question, the question, friend, is not what might involve if I do something, but what might be involved if I don't do something? See, that's the question we should ask. If I don't help, who will? If I don't get involved, who will show them Jesus? And I'm telling you, I'm just as guilty as anybody in this place of going too fast of not always seeing those that are around us. And and so what we've got to do, the question, the next question is, write this down, is how do I neighbor? Let me help us here. How do I neighbor? Well, just like Jesus with the story, it's so poignant. You gotta see, and you gotta stop, and you gotta do. That's it. See, stop, do. Everybody say that with me. See, stop, do. Say it one more time. See, stop, do. Somebody needs to write a song, all right? (laughs) See, stop, do. That's what we got to do. So it starts with seeing the need. We've got to see it, but we're often too busy, and so therefore we don't stop, and therefore we don't do. And here's just what I think of God. Now, I don't know what you think of him, but here's what I think of him. I think he's so awesome and so incredible, and so wants to reach this world, and his heart so longs for everyone in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Plainfield, West Indy, this whole region. He wants everybody to be here today. 
and to know him because to know him is to love him, right? That's what I feel like. And so I feel like God's probably given opportunities all the time that I miss. I, I, a matter of fact, I think probably everyone, if I were God, I would do this. I would give myself an opportunity to share him every day. I, I would just orchestrate things. But here's the thing. So many of us don't see it. And so here's what I want to do. I wrote down a few things to help us, just real practically today, to help us to not be guilty of going too fast and not being a good neighbor. Here's the first thing. Learn their name. Learn their name. Did you know the most beautiful word to a person's ears is their name? So you you learn their name. So in other words, instead of coming out of your house and saying, to a neighbor or whatever, you, you say, hey, yo. Instead, maybe you say, hey, Joe. You know? Or hey, Larry, or hey, Steve, or Sarah, or whatever it is. And, and so you learn their name. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It takes it to another level. I'm telling you, when, one of the things, and I tried to learn hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names and, and know people's names. And when I say somebody's name to them, a lot of times they're like, oh, wow, you know my name. To which I'm thinking, it shouldn't be any big deal. But it is a big deal. Okay? It's a big deal. And so if it's a big deal, who ought to be out there calling people by name? It ought to be the people of Jesus, right? It ought to be the people of faith. It ought to be those who say, hey, I'm all about loving my neighbor. And the first thing is I got to know your name. I got to know who you are. It's the first step of endearment. I mean, you don't see a chick that looks hot and you say, Oh, hey, how are you? Hey, yo. <laughs> you know, and, and maybe I'll see you next week, yo, you know. No, you want to know what's the girl's name, right? That's like one of the first steps. And, and so if we're going to come into relationship with our neighbors, we've got to do this. And I'm telling you, it's not easy when you're an introvert like me. All right, I'm serious. I, I test, and every test, an introvert, it doesn't come natural. I am way out of my element when I come into a big room of people. Because to, to fire myself up, I go get alone. But, but me being an introvert is no excuse to be disobedient to what God has said to each and every one of us. See, he has called every one of us to go. And so maybe, maybe what that means is leave the garage door open. Because what I want to do is hit that button when I'm within range. And then I pull in. And as soon as it clears the tail end of my car, I want that door coming down, you know. And I'm going to come in my refuge, you know. But that's not loving my neighbor, And so maybe you leave the door open a little bit longer so that maybe you can see somebody and talk to them. And here's the next thing you do is you start praying for them. Once you know their name, 
Then you start praying for him every day. Because here's the thing. If you say, Craig, I don't like my neighbor. I'm, I'm praying they move. <laughs> then, then here's what you need to do. You need to start praying that the God of heaven will reach them. And that the God of heaven might even use you to reach them. And you pray for them. God, I don't know what's going on in their lives. But if they, if, if they act like they're miserable, maybe they are. And maybe there's something going on under that roof. Maybe there's something going on over there. And if Jesus could get in that house, if Jesus could come into that house, like I say he's in my house, then I believe he would make a difference in their life. And so you don't pray all day, okay? You don't have to pray all day, but you do pray. And you pray for them, and you imagine what it would be like if they would come to Christ, because I'm telling you something. It's hard to not like people that you're praying for. It is. I'm telling you, if you're a couple and you're having marital problems, start praying for each other. Because I'm telling you, it cuts down on the arguing. It does. When, when you're praying for another person, it's hard to be mad and upset at them. And, and so when you begin to pray and say, God, change their life and change their heart and, and move in their life. I mean, I thought about that this week. And I thought, I don't know what other churches do and whatever. And I'm not responsible for that. But I just think, man, if hundreds of people who are crossroaders, you know, if, if hundreds of us would begin to pray for our neighbor, and when we pull out of the driveway, and I've been doing this this week, I'm getting a head start on you guys because I already had to preach this to me already, okay? And, and so I'm like, God, help him, help them, and bless them as I pull out. And every day I'm trying to do that. Every time I come out of the driveway, I'm like, Praying. And, and if you would do that, if hundreds of us, what kind of impact could that make in our community? And then you ask them a question, how you doing? How you doing? And you wait for the answer, okay? It's not, uh, how you doing? You know, it's, how are you doing? And when they say, hey, you know, I'm doing okay, except my wife's going to have surgery this week. Then you say something like this. Oh, Steve, sorry to hear that. Now, what's your wife's name? You know, if you don't know it, or if you know it, just go ahead and say it. Say, well, you know, we'll be praying for Jane this week. You know, my family and I, we'll be praying for Jane, that God will be with her. Now, I don't know anybody who wouldn't want that. I don't care what religion or non-religion or whatever they have. I, I know most anybody will take prayer in that situation. But if you're here today and you say, well, Craig, what if they don't? What if they say, don't you dare pray for me. <laughs> I don't want you praying over my wife. and whatever. You keep your prayers in your house, you know. <laughs> now, in the wild thought that that could happen, Here's the deal. Now you know how to really pray, don't you? <laughs> right? Now you know how to really pray. 
Because it's like, man, God, we got work to do here, you know? So you really can get to pray. But, but here's the thing. Why? Here's the last question. Let me wrap this up. Why be a neighbor? If that's how we can neighbor, and we know who we need to neighbor, which is everybody you see, all right, everyone around you who lives around you, their grass grows next to yours, and, and their apartment is just next door, down the hall, from either in your hallway or whatever, or your dorm or whatever. That's your name. Every person you see, whoever waits on you, if you go to the same kind of restaurant all the time and you see the same kind of people, if you work with people, whatever, those are your neighbors. Then why be a neighbor? Let me tell you, Jesus said, do it. That ought to be enough, right? But here's the thing. We're not doing it to change people. We're not doing it so we can come to church next week and say, hey, I got one. (laughs) Sure did. Witness to my neighbor. Accepted Jesus in the front yard, you know. That's not it. It's not so we can change somebody else because you can't change them anyway. The reason why we do it is because we've been changed, right? We've been changed. And I was praying about this this week, and I was like, what kind of illustration could I use? So here's what I came up with, all right? We use this at our house, okay? And woe be unto you if you put your clothes stained with grass, grease, ink, dirt, I forget some of the other stuff, uh, in the basket and you don't treat it first. You know, because my wife will be like, oh, you got that on there? Uh, You know, if I got food or greasy something or whatever, she'll say, uh, did you put that stick on it? Did you put the shout stick on it? And I say, I'm about ready to. I'm on my way. I'm on my way there. I'm telling you, I was on my way. If you inter- interrupted me here to talk to me about it, I'd already had it done, you know? But anyway, so, but she's a believer in this stuff, all right? If we get grass stain or whatever, put that on there. And here's what she believes, because, you know, you can rub detergent, and people, oh, you know, you better rub detergent on that and whatever. She's like, mm, no, this. <laughs> because, in her opinion, this gets the stains out, the others leave behind. And here's the point. The point is, if you have been cleansed and redeemed and washed, and stains that no drug, no drink, no sexual encounter, no relational thing could take away. If you have been marked by the sin stains of this horrible world that can so deeply wound you and hurt you in such a deep way, but one day something came along that removed the stains that nothing else could touch, nothing else could help. Oh, but love lifted me. I feel an old song coming on. How about you? Mm, When nothing else could help, 
love lifted me, right? He lifted me. He lifted me. He lifted. How many in this place? He lifted you when nothing else could help, when nothing else could bring you out, when nothing else, when you had fact given up on life, on hope, on marriage, on relationships. You just about had chucked the whole thing. But one day something came into your life. It wasn't something. It was actually some one who came in and touched you like you've never been touched before and redeemed your life. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm supposed to be teaching. You guys get me all wound up here. So, One final thought, and I promise I'll let you go. If you had somebody, if I had somebody say, Oh, Craig, I'm a fisherman. So, oh, wow, that's awesome. Where all do you fish? Well, no, I've read books about fishing. You just can't believe the library of books that I have about fishing. I have magazines on fishing. I listen to podcasts about fishing. I have a lot of friends that are fishermen, too. And I've got all kinds of gear, fishing gear, all over my garage. And I said, okay, but have you fished? Nope. Never thrown a line in the water. You know what I would say? You're no fisherman. (laughs) You're no fisherman. And today, if we sit in church and we say, well, I know the Bible I read it. I've got some of it even memorized. And I know old songs. I know some new songs. I, I, I listen to Christian music in my car. And I have Christian magazines. And I, I've listened to Christian podcasts. But if you've never thrown a line in the water, you're not doing what Jesus called you to do. He called you to go, to go, to go. Because there's more people who need to know what can take the stain out of their lives. There are other people who need to know what you know. They need to know who you know so that there is a name. There might be somebody here today right under the sound of my voice that there is a name, I'm telling you, friend, that's like no other name. There's a name where you can call it out in the middle of the midnight hour. You can call it out in the middle of the day. You can call it out at work. You can whisper it. You can come to Him and He who has all power in heaven and in earth can touch your life. He can forgive you right here, right now in this place as well. He can do it right here, right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, for those of us who get in the garage too quickly, for those of us who say, well, somebody else will do it, who get in such a a furious run that we're not seeing those around us so we can stop and do something about it. 
God, help us today. Maybe you're here right now and you say, Craig, I don't want to get going so fast that I'm not used of God to bring somebody to Him. I know that I get wrapped up in my life and this year, I don't want this to be just a year about me. I want it to be a year about being a neighbor to somebody else, to reaching someone's life, to allow my life to be an impact in others. How many join me and say, yes, I want that this year. I, I want to be a neighbor like I've never been before. You just raise your hand up toward God and say, yes, 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 me, yes, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, I pray that you will just use this army of hundreds of people, God, I don't know what this area could be like over the next year if we'd really get a hold of this. But I would love to see it. And so, God, I pray that you'll help us to just be your hand extended, to be a neighbor to somebody else, to be your voice, to be your hands, your feet. And God, use us this week to bring the power that only you can bring into their life. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I need that power. I need God in my life. It's it's not just outside this building, Craig. I'm sitting here right here right now. I I need God. I need Him desperately. And I I want God in my life. I don't want to even leave here today without Him. And, And if you're here this morning and you need to know the cleansing power of God that can get the stains out of your life that nothing else can remove I'm here to tell you God will do that for you right here right now and I want to pray with you and if you're here this morning and you'd like that to happen will you just raise a hand toward heaven and say yes yes please pray for me yes I see that hand how many others over here God bless you guys down the front up there God bless you over here couple people all right saw him back over here god bless you all right hands around the room different locations so let's just pray this prayer together church family just pray it with me say dear heavenly father thank you for being my neighbor and moving here to earth in the form of your son to die on that cross to pay for my sin As much as I know how, I'm asking you to come into my life, wash away my past, give me a new beginning. From this day on, I want to live for you. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let's praise God for those who prayed that prayer. Awesome. Listen, we want to help you to grow in your faith. And so anything we can do, there's classes, there's groups, there's life groups, all kinds of things that you can use to help you to grow in faith. One of the best things you can do.